Hi, I'm sitting here today with my colleague Pujik Dasgupta and um, one of our fantastic interns who is currently in her second year of law at Durham University, Ida Wangi, to discuss why Black History Month 2021 is so important to us. Black History Month is held um, to highlight and celebrate achievements and contributions of the Black community in the UK. And it has been celebrated for more than 30 years in, um, in England. Throughout history, Black people have made huge contributions to society in the fields of art, music, science, literature, and many more areas. And within law, Black History Month has become incredibly important to acknowledge the contribution, um, which is often overlooked due to the color of people's skin. And uh, what we'd like to do today is just talk about why Black History Month is important to us. And uh, without any further ado, Pooja, hi. Um, be great if you could explain why Black History Month is important and what it means to you. Absolutely, thanks, Emma. Um, so for me, Black History Month provides us all with an opportunity to appreciate and to celebrate the Black community, its history and its culture. Um, it's something that we should consider and reflect on all year round, but in this particular month, these themes are brought into sharper focus. As an employment lawyer myself, um, we are, as you all know, Emma, we are encouraged to think about equality and diversity throughout all of the work that we do and how to truly embrace and harness an inclusive culture. And we look at that in a workplace context, but obviously these issues entirely transcend the workplace and they, and they feature heavily in our day-to-day -day lives. And I think in that context, it's really important to think about how we can also gain insights and contribute to the discussion outside of a workplace context. I think that's fundamental, really. Um, the theme this year for Black History Month, as many will be aware, is proud to be and it provides us with the perfect opportunity to learn from our Black colleagues as to the many reasons why they are proud to be Black and indeed proud to be themselves and to celebrate them and their achievements. And that then brings me on to the concept of allyship, which I think um, is important to reflect on in Black History Month and thinking creatively as to the various ways in which we can be an effective ally and to educate ourselves and build our own awareness whilst encouraging those around us to do the same. So that will include, um, you know, for me, that includes listening and learning, um, acknowledging that as a non-Black person, irrespective of whether I'm also from another ethnic minority, I will never fully understand the experiences of living as a Black person. And these experiences are not one and the same. And I just think it's crucial to listen and to accept what people are telling you when they share their experiences with you. Um, secondly, to take responsibility for um, educating yourself. Um, there's so many resources out there, and I'm sure we'll discuss some of them later in this podcast, but so many resources out there discussing Black history, the, you know, achievements and the, the hardships suffered, you know, dealing with the kind of very difficult issues of systemic racism and structural inequalities and building an understanding about that, but also celebrating positive achievements and the um, real movement to, to try and instill some kind of meaningful change. And um, thirdly, acknowledging privilege where it exists. And fourthly, I feel it's just integral to be an effective ally, just to speak up where, where it's appropriate, but also recognizing that there will be times where, where it will also be appropriate to just stay quiet and listen 
um, and as I say, kind of really learn from those experiences and um, from those colleagues and friends around you. So in a nutshell, that's what it means to me. That, that's fantastic. Thank you. And uh, much of that resonates um, with myself. Um, Ida, uh, what does Black History Month mean to you? Well, this theme for the year um, really resonates for me as well because of my own Kenyan roots, um, particularly when it comes to reflecting um, on the struggle for and achievement of independence from Britain. And it's a story that my grandfather passed down to me by word of mouth. So I take a lot of joy and pride in learning about Kenya and sharing with others, um, which is, is what I hope to do. Um, so during the 18th and 19th centuries, um, the British, as, as well as some other Europeans, first came to Kenya as missionaries and explorers. And as their numbers increased, so did the amount of land that they were taking, um, specifically in the central province, which is best for farming and also where my family originates from. Kenyans allowed this because they were being provided with um, Christianity and schooling, for example, which my grandfather tells me that perhaps out of a thousand people in a town, only two or three may have had some kind of education. However, at a certain point, Kenyans started realizing and making inquiries into the fact that the British were taking their land from them under the name of missionary work. And during the 1950s, um, the real sort of fire was lit, so to speak. The more Kenyans resisted, the more force the British used, um, particularly against um, the people of my tribe, the Kikuyus, who were at the forefront of the liberation movement. And out of that movement, um, two men, Jomo Kenyatta and Dedan Kimavi, um, with their other accomplices, became known as the Kapanguria Six, um, the sort of leaders of the rebellion, which we today recognize as the Mau Mau uprising. Now, many of the Mau Mau fighters um, fled to the central province forests, um, including my grandfather's own biological brother, Mugo. But unfortunately, to this day, no one actually knows if he died or if he went to settle in a neighboring country. But really, anything could have happened. His older brothers and sisters, as well as his father, were detained and had to endure a lot of suffering undertaking hard labor. And my grandfather himself, who was only around eight years old at the time, was left at home with his mothers and younger sisters. Dedan Kimadi was the only one out of the Kapanguria Six who um, was not traced and detained for a long time until one night in 1957, um, on which he was shot in his home and later hanged after interrogation. The year after, it was rumored in one way or another that liberation would soon happen. It was said in Parliament that the Europeans had no other alternative now than to surrender and give back the land and in turn independence, otherwise the uprising might well influence other colonised African countries. A motion was raised in Parliament for the release of Joma Kenyatta and his other accomplices and in 1963 Kenya gained full independence from British colonial powers and became a republic. Joma Kenyatta became the first prime minister and then the first president of Kenya. And what's quite interesting is that his son, Uhuru Kenyatta, is actually the current president of Kenya. Another noteworthy thing is that two days ago, on the 20th of October, we celebrated Mashuja Day, Mashuja being the Swahili word for heroes. And so it's a national holiday that honors those Mau Mau freedom fighters who contributed to the struggle for Kenya's independence. And this will be followed by Jamhuri Day 
our Independence Day coming up on the 12th of December. And I think it's quite a fitting note to end on because it draws on the idea, um, as, as someone said, that uh, Black History Month should be recognized and celebrated not only during this month, but also throughout the year. Ida, thank you for sharing that story. And I can see that your grandfather is a real role model to you. I wanted to talk about um, one uh, role model. Um, I was really shocked to hear this story. and. Uh, Unfortunately, this is something which is commonplace uh, amongst the legal profession and other professional services. And it's the story of um, Alexandra Wilson, uh, a black barrister who um, was regularly stopped when she was um, going into court. Um, Her chambers are just opposite the Old Bailey or just along from the Old Bailey. And she was stopped three times in one day for being mistaken for a defendant. And when she was giving her name to enter the court, the clerk um, repeatedly would say to her that he couldn't find her name on the list, meaning the list of defendants. And it wasn't, it was something which absolutely exhausted her. Um, as she's described it, she's written about it and she's also got a book. Um, and it wasn't until one person in the court actually stood up and um, said, hold on, she's the defense barrister. And it wasn't until that person stood up that she felt that she was being supported. This isn't something which um, we as lawyers should have to deal with in the day-to-day nature of our role. And it really exemplifies prejudiced assumptions which are made um, in relation to, uh, unfortunately, in relation to black people in Britain even now. And um, this is why I, I in particular want to be an ally and how, why I think having role models who are prepared to speak out and tell their story Um, is really important. Um, Pooja, you mentioned earlier about resources which are helpful to assist people with educating themselves. And I've just referred to the book that Alexandra Wilson has written. Are there any resources that you um, in particular like to draw on for um, uh, education in relation to um, the topic that we're speaking about today? Yeah, absolutely. And just before I kind of come on to that, just picking up on what you're saying, Emma, about... um, role models and representation um, and diversity of representation I think it's so important for young people especially and all of us really to see diversity of representation you know in obviously in our daily lives you'd love you, you that's what you want to see and you know in your professional um experiences but also on the public platforms and I think the key way in which we can see that is through film through tv through music and I think the more that people with those platforms, people that have got to the top of what they do, the more they can use that to speak up about these issues and tell us about the experiences that they have um, suffered or experienced. I think that will then give us an opportunity to reflect on how we can all do things better. And it will also give hope that those people, that they have actually reached the top and they have got that platform to, to say, you know, what they think they, that should happen to, to implement meaningful change. Um, I think there are a lot of resources, moving on to resources. I think um, starting with, you know, just TV and documentaries, I, I've noticed personally um, a real shift there in terms of what people are prepared and happy to talk about on that in that kind of public forum. I was just actually yesterday watching a documentary by Ashley Banjo, um, a dancer in diversity, and he he was talking about his own experience actually having put himself and diversity out there and put their head above the parapet last uh, earlier this year or last year um, in the Britain's Got Talent 
final when they did um, a very kind of hard-hitting, meaningful piece on um, following George Floyd's murder and the rea- the negative reaction to that. And he, he explores that in the documentary um, on a kind of personal level, but also trying to delve into the structural um, racism issues and inequality issues behind that and um, really trying to explore it. And I, I, th- I thought that was great in terms of, you know, on a mainstream level, somebody with that entertainment background, you know, that you, you'd think people might just see them as entertainers, but they're not, there's so much, so much more to them. And they, you know, they have all these history, this, all this history and then these experiences that they, they want to share and explore. So just TV, firstly, there's so many documentaries out there mentioned music um, I'm I'm very into music so for me um I I learn a lot from you know black artists and and what they have to um when they speak their truth as it were through their music um but obviously then there's you know podcasts there's poetry there's books that you can refer to um a podcast that I've recently been listening to is um about race by Rennie Edo Lodge um, obviously very well-known um, author of the critically acclaimed book Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race and I think in her podcast what I found really helpful was that she manages to get to the issues very quickly and in a way that she, she explains it so well and she brings in so many different people with different perspectives and there was a an episode I was listening to the other day where she speaks to various people in the tv and film industry and um, tries to delve into the issues as to why there isn't as much diversity as there should be in terms of you know the, the films that we see and what the kind of barriers that people face um, to kind of get get there and I, I, I thought that podcast was just fascinating and and then there are obviously lots of websites as well the Black History Month website itself has lots of articles and tools on there and um, I saw that they actually have a Black History Month resource pack for 2021 on the theme of Proud to Be um, and that includes teaching materials for use in secondary schools. And that's integral here, the, the whole theme of education and instilling that education at, at the earliest stage possible so that, you know, young people are aware of these issues, aware of these inequalities and kind of reflect on that as they grow up and hopefully can in their own way instill meaningful change. That's fantastic, Pooja. And um, we'll perhaps uh, put some links to this. Uh, those references. Uh, Ida, um, any last thoughts on resources that you think would be helpful? I think that um, the BBC News um, website is is actually quite a good resource um, because it doesn't only have sort of articles and and videos for um, adults, but also younger viewers, younger children and and adults as well. So I think that's quite a good um, resource to use, but also just, um, you know, friends and relatives and and colleagues as well and your peers um, listening to any stories that they might have, which have been part down from from their relatives or um, any sort of experiences that they might have had in the workplace or out in in the world um, I I think it's good to just to talk and and to share and to debate on these issues as well. I completely agree with you that I mean that's um, really accessible and in particular I enjoyed looking at the articles on the Windrush um, generation um, which are are particularly relevant and again is is gathering a, a lot of support finally. Um, I'd like to thank you both for um, being fantastic guests on this podcast today and um, hopefully really inspiring to others. I'm certainly going to be listening to that podcast, Pooja. Um, 
I hope you have a brilliant rest of the day, a fantastic weekend, and thank you again. Thanks very much. Bye.